Hallelujah. All right, the sermon tonight is why. Now, we've been doing this for a while. I want to go over what we're doing and why we're doing it. Justin and I got in the room one day and began to talk about how people would approach him and me and some of us. And many of you have family members, and you find out that they always have the same questions. Why? Why do y'all believe that? Why does your church do this? Why does your church do that? And I wanted to be able to answer that or to, or to kind of walk you through some basics of what we believe and why. Because it's very, very important what we believe and why we believe it. And you will find out that the average Christian in America cannot explain the doctrines of their church. They don't even know what their church believes. It's just auntie and grandma goes there. And I've been going there all my life, and that's where we grew up. And uh, we believe in Jesus. We believe in God. We, you know, the, you know but, but, but we've gotten so far away from the Word of God that people don't know what they believe, and they don't know why they believe that. They couldn't explain it if their life depended on it. And so I want you to be able to, if someone says, you know, because someone says, what kind of a church do you go to? My answer is a good one. And what do you believe as a doctrine? And basically, God is good, the devil's bad. That's our doctrine. Now, other than that, I mean, I'm trying to keep it simple so because I know your friends are simple. But um, there are things that we believe. And, and let me tell you why I do what I do. Let me tell you why I do what I do. Um, I'm 68. I got born again when I was 22. I knew one scripture. I knew one. That's it. Um, when I, an elderly lady at our church named Virginia Galloway, and um, she owned, her husband owned Galloway Hardwares. And an answer to prayer, I went out from church one Sunday. I, my mother took me to a church, and it was what we call a charismatic church. Now, what that was, denominational people were starting to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Um, this was a Episcopalian tongue-talking church, and they had a piano. That'll tell you they got saved. Um, and so I went in, and of course, I'm newly born again. I'd born, I'd been saved in an earnest angel meeting, so I'd already met the power of God. But all the people had their hands in the air, and remember we were singing, um, you know, Diddy song, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we had the little... Um, what do you call that little projector screen where you slid the, on the screen and we'd all sing it. And then we had someone that would move the song and move the song. And we always had one person with a tambourine or three or four. Anyway, so that was church to me. But yet, you understand, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't understand anything they were doing. I mean, I'm, I'm watching people lift their hand. I'm watching people give their money away. I'm watching all this crazy stuff. And um, I went out of the church and I walked in the parking lot, and it was in a elementary school that they would go in and set up for church and, and have a microphone and speakers and chairs. And then at the end of Sunday morning or Sunday night, they'd tear it down 
And that was the only two services they had all week. They had Bible studies in people's homes. But I would drive 53 miles one way to go to church, to be in this church when I could be there. But I went, I went out one day and I walked out. I hadn't been going there very long. My mother kind of drugged me to that church. And um, I said, God, I don't, I don't know who's, who's right. And I went down the list, Baptist, Methodist, whatever names I knew in my head. I said, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything. And, and if I get messed up, it will be totally your fault. And I have to, I mean, I can't, I can't, I have no way to judge whether they're telling me the truth or not. I, do, I don't know. And I, they could lie to me, and one day I'm going to stand before you, and you're going to ask me to give an account, and, and you're going to require me to know something. I'm going, oh, wait a minute, that's the church I went to. You sent me, you know. And so I threw it all on him, him and I said, I need you to make sure I, get, I learn. I want to know. Well, almost like God grabbed a, a, a lady out of the audience, and, and she came outside right then when I was coming back into the church doors to find my mom and head home. She said, you're going home to lunch with me today. I said, I am. Now, normally, because they had Sunday morning, Sunday night, I would go to the 7-Eleven, and we would sit outside on the curb and have a Coke and a candy bar. That'd be lunch. That's what, that's what you do when you're broke. And you, you just barely have enough money to even get to church. So we would sit outside. And so she said, I'm taking you home. And she made me a bologna sandwich, potato chips, and a Coca-Cola. And I thought, well, this is, this is awesome. We're going to actually eat food today for lunch. And she, when we were there, she said, the Lord told me to give you three books. And, and those three books are out there. In the books, you know, I, I, well, I now have copies of them. Right and Wrong Thinking, um, Redeemed from the Curse of the Law, and Kenneth Copeland, Laws of Prosperity. She handed me those three books and said, now, when you come back, now, I only went to church one Sunday a month because I worked the other three. See, God, wouldn't, God didn't want me in church. I know that make, you may think that's crazy. But he said, I don't want you, I don't want them to mess you up. And he says, you go to church, they'll mess you up. I thought, well, that's crazy. Why would the church mess me up? Well, I found out later why that would happen. So, so she handed me those books, and I went home and I read them, but I read them over and over and over and over and over for three weeks. Read my Bible, and then when I came back, I handed her three books, she handed me three more. This woman spoon-fed me the Word. And I began to learn my Bible through an elderly woman handing me Kenneth Hagin's books. And I learned who I was in Christ and what belongs to me. Now, what happened to me was after about a year of this, of learning so much. I mean, I just, I was starving for truth. I just read my Bible like, like a maniac. And a lot of it made no sense to me. But the books helped me. And then I began to listen to people on the radio like R.W. Schambach and, and Brother Hagen and different people on radio. Back then, AM, you go, until you find them. And, um, and I began to take notes and learn. But one of the things was, is why am I 22 and I have never, no one has ever said any of this to me. I'm, why don't I know this? Where, where's the church? And up until that time, the only thing I ever heard out of Christians was I was going to go to hell because I had long hair. <laughs> I thought, well, I might as well enjoy it and go to hell in, in royal style since I'm going anyway. I mean, I never heard anybody give me any good news, none. So, so that set me on a course that everything I've learned has made my life so much better. 
This is this has made. I mean, I'd be dead or in hell without this book. This he, Jesus changed everything, but not just Jesus being born again, but truth. You'll know the truth. Truth sets you free. And so the things that I began to learn became so valuable. And and when I, my goal was to be an evangelist, that's that's all I wanted to do is go tell sinners. Because I understood a sinner. I understand they, they don't know why they're the, you know, I just, so much compassion on, you know, on, on me. I was a, a dope-smoking hippie and got run out of a city and, and, and the whole nine yards. I mean, the, the story's long. But because of that, when the Lord asked me to pastor, I didn't want to because I really didn't believe I was qualified for this. And one of the reasons is, is I was a construction boss. Um, you know, I kind of like poop or get off the pot. It's kind of an attitude in life. And I had to learn how to be pastoral when I say that. And so for a while I, I thought, I, I'm not going to do very good at this job. Other than the fact that I love teaching you truth. Because what's separating you from answered prayer is that a lot of times you just don't know. And, and when I learn something, I have this, I want, I want you to know how that works. And it'll work for anybody. Salvation's for everybody, but they don't know it. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is for everybody, but most don't know anything about it. They know nothing about it. They don't know how to be filled. They don't know why. They don't know anything. And I meet people like that all the time. And so we started this thing because when you're out walking around and like Zach will be at the gym or Justin will be at the gym or I'll be out shooting competition and somebody will walk up and go, why do y'all believe that? Well, do you know how to answer their question? Simply. It's not, most of it's not difficult. Can you answer it? And I find that a lot of Christians come to church and, 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 we, and Sunday morning we preach inspirational, fire you up, rah, rah, re, kick them in the knee sermons. But on Wednesday night, I want you to know your Bible. And can't, do you know it enough to open it and go, I can help you? Now, that's going to be, tonight's going to be why? Faith. Why do we, I, teach this subject as strong as I do? There has to be a reason that I'm adamant about it. It's not a light thing. Uh, um, there's, there's preachers who get their sermons from a book. They get them from, in the mail from headquarters. I wouldn't know what to do with a sermon from headquarters. Man, Lord, it better be from heaven because I don't know what to do with it. Because what I do is I watch you and I pray, what is it you need to hear and know? And I watch you and I find out what it is you're struggling with and I try to answer those questions for you, hopefully so that you can make an adjustment and when you get in a mess, you can get you out. Or your family member and can you help them? So we're going to talk about why faith. Hebrews eleven six. just pop it on the screen. And we're going to go over a few of these. Um, Hebrews eleven six. Let's look at this. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe he is, and he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Faith is one of those things that you're going to learn. 
somebody said faith doesn't move God. No, but everything that you're going to learn to use your faith on is something that he already gave you in redemption. Okay, now here's, here's why we're going to go over this subject. Because it's, you may think it's little, but it's actually huge. God is a sovereign God. Now, what do I mean by that? That means that he, 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 uh, he's, an, he, he's not charging it up there. He, there's no battery charger on him. He's God. He's always been, always will be. He didn't ask our opinion about Adam and Eve, the earth. How, he didn't ask us anything. So in his sovereignty, he chose to make man. He chose when he made man. He chose how he made man. He chose Israel. He chose redemption. He chose when Jesus would come. And so in all of that, God is indeed a sovereign God, and he's not asking our permission, and that he's not changing because we pray about it. All right, now, but that word, there are people who have taken the word sovereignty, sovereign's a good word, and made it a definition that's not true. God in his sovereignty is running everything so that everything that happens to you, good and bad, bad, God is behind it and he's causing it. That's completely wrong. That's totally bogus. So how do you justify what does he do? What does he not do? Well, in redemption, when he sovereignly gave us Jesus. He sovereignly, Jesus paid your debt. And in redemption, you have three items that were handed to you. There's number one, salvation, the the new birth. Uh, It's the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. In redemption is already paid your healing for your body. It's not something God is going to do. He's never going to do anything about your body. He already did it. And he's never going to do anything about um, your, your, your eternity. All of those things were bought and paid for by Jesus at the cross. And it's a package deal for you. So the word healing in the Greek is sozo. The, the word deliverance in the Greek is sozo. So those things already belong to you. Now, So I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to listen to the wording. God is never going to save another man. Why? He did it. He finished and sat down with a finished work. Now, our job, go into all the world and preach good news to every creature... And what we're doing is trying to get them to receive Jesus. Now, what am I saying here? Listen to the wording I'm going to use. To have a person say, God, save me. He can't. You could pray that all day and die and you'll go to hell. That shocks you 
you need to be here tonight. Because there's no faith in that statement. That's God is going to do something, and when he does it, then you'll kind of get a lightning bolt in your head and go, I must have done it, so therefore now I'm saved because I felt a lightning bolt hit me. Wrong. So what we do is we preach, go into all the world and preach good news to every creature, and he who believes and is saved will, will, be, will, will be saved. He who does not believe is damned, he's damned already. And so you understand that you are receiving. Z88 right now is pumping out music. And if you want it, receive it. God is pumping out 24 hours a day, seven days a week, everything you need in redemption. Now, what's not in it? Who you're supposed to marry. You don't, you don't have a, right now I'm believing, a, let me see who do I want to marry. Let me see, uh, I think I'll marry Kathy. Okay, Heavenly Father, I believe I receive Kathy in the name of Jesus. And God goes, well, you already have a wife, so you can't do that. All right, so, but see, there's people who try to do that type of stuff, and it's goofy. You, how can you use faith for something that's not given you in redemption? Are y'all following my, okay, so years ago, someone, the Lord brought, came to Kenneth Hagin and said, teach my people faith. Now, let, let's go, let's, I hadn't even got in my rest, of, I mean, I should be reading all these scriptures, I got a got hundred of them. Because there was a time in, in almost every Pentecostal church, people would come in and seek God for the Holy Ghost. They'd get up in the altar and they'd go, oh, God, fill me. Oh, fill me. Oh, fill me. Oh, fill me. They'd pray for hours and hours. And if you prayed long enough and hard enough and with enough spizzerinkdom, God would look down and go, okay, fill him. And some people prayed an hour, some people prayed a year, some people prayed 30, 40, 50 years. And God went, nope, they hadn't prayed enough. And they tried to get holy enough, they tried to give up smoking and dancing and going to bars and, and, and everything in order to get God to give them this thing called the Holy Ghost. It's called Tarian, and they do it now, Pentecostal churches. I was down in Venezuela, and the, and the guy said, I had to pray for a year to get the Holy Ghost. I looked at him, and I said, well, everybody in your church is going to get it in about 10 minutes. And he got mad at me until I got him all filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he's like, I said, well, bless. I said, I don't have time to sit down here and teach you the Bible. I got to go. So anyway, um, that's a true story. <laughs> when I traveled overseas, I met all kinds of people. But um, so, so what's the key? You receive. Holy Spirit's for you. It's given to you. You receive by faith. Luke 11, if I ask him, he gives it to me, right? Heavenly Father, give it to me. Thank you, I have it. Not real hard. Now, speak in tongues. Oh, I can't. You won't. You can't. You won't. You can't. You won't. If I give you a bicycle, get on it and, and pedal. Oh, I'll crash. Pedal anyway. Put on a helmet. Get on some knee pads. But it's your bike. So, you know, the other day, Roger came and he says, I want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, he just took off. Off he went. Now, I had an Episcopalian priest in my office. It took me four hours to get him filled with the Holy Ghost because he wanted to think it through. And I don't know about that scripture. I went through every scripture in my Bible. And it took me hour after hour after hour with this guy. 
You can go to children's church, get them filled with the Holy Ghost in 10 minutes. But Episcopalian priest, all oh, half a day. And we got over to a scripture in the book of Acts, and I read about Cornelius, and he went, and just started talking in tongues. I don't know what hit him with Cornelius, but it hit him good. And he went, oh, yeah, and he got it. But see, he wasn't waiting on God. Now, when we walk out of this church, and every in-law you've got and every relative you've got, ask the question, why did God allow that? Maybe God didn't, maybe you did. We'll get into that in a minute. Well, that went over real big. That right there creates a situation, and, and I, there's only one way I can explain it to you. They don't want to take responsibility for their Christian life. They want to lay it all on God. My prayer life is all on God. Whether I get an answer to prayer is on God. Whether I ever get healed is all on God. And they die one day and go, so somebody said to me, well, I'm gonna, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. And I'm going to go, you don't have to wait to get to heaven. You can ask me. Well, who do you think you are? <laughs> that might shock you. Um, Y'all are lively. Go to Matthew 9. I don't, it's not that difficult if, you, if you'll study. Now, here's the thing about truth. He said if you seek, you'd find, didn't he? Did he tell the truth? What does that tell you about people who don't know? They're not looking. What you don't know, you ain't looking. But the minute you start looking, he said he'd show you. Now, he's not going to drop it on your head like a wild, like an orange off a tree, but you open your Bible and begin to pray and seek God, he will lead you into all truth if you want to know it. And that's true for anything in the Bible. Now, the problem with us is it would really take like about a million years just to get through one book of the Bible to know it. So we have forever. And when we get, you know, when we get to heaven, I know this is going to bother y'all. You are actually going to go to and, and still be learning Bible. I mean, and when you get there and you're going to, you're going to get your little assignment and they're going to go, Pastor Morgan's class, are you serious? I did that for years in a popcorn. I can't believe he's up there teaching. But, you know, and you'll get to go see Paul and Jonah and everybody else. So don't, don't, don't. But mine will be the best. Not really. I'm just, I can't wait. To, there's people I can't wait to meet. There's people I can't wait to meet you. Matthew 9, 29. I want to go through a few scriptures here. I just, I want you to see them with your eyes so that you can register. 9, 29. Uh, let's read 27. Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him and cried out and said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and said, According to my great power, because I am God in the flesh, be it unto you. Come on, help me. He touched their eyes according to what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought that he healed to prove he is the Son of God. He didn't. So what, why did he heal people? Compassion. Mercy. Right? 
he was moved with compassion, right? Has compassion been done away with? Then there's still healing for you. That's another denominational devil I just stomped on right there. Well, you know, he dealed to prove he was the son of God. I don't remember him ever healing anybody to prove anything. Matter of fact, he told people to shut up and don't go tell everybody because I can't go home and I can't eat in this town anymore. We can't even walk outside. Would you please just shut up about what just happened to you so I can at least breathe this week and me and the boys go down the lake and have a hot dog without any, or they didn't eat hot dogs, they're Jewish. Let's see, what did they eat? What did they eat? A fish, a fish sandwich. So I want you to see this. According to your faith, be it to you. Here's a word for you from the Lord. I know you're looking for it. Don't wait on Mary Fran, I'll give one. According to your faith, be it unto you today. I don't care what it is you're praying about. According to your faith. And faith comes by where? Hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you'll find out what belongs to you and you'll receive it, it will work 100% of the time. So let, let me, let's go over this. Let's go over this. This is an issue. This is another issue. Do you believe that if, let's just say that Zach wanted to get saved tonight. Let's just, we've been praying and we've been believing God, but tonight he wants to get saved. So at the end of the service tonight, I say anybody wants to get saved, he raises his hand and I, and I'm, I bow my head and God goes, not tonight. I'm a sovereign God. Tell him I don't save on Wednesdays anymore before Easter. He'll have to come tomorrow or Easter morning. I'm only saving then. And anyway, I want him to wait a while and suffer a little bit longer before he gets saved. How many of you think that's nuts? Why do we believe it for healing? If the salvation's based on Jesus and not on Zach, why is healing based on Zach and not Jesus? It isn't. But that's what the devil told you that robbed you of your answer to prayer. And so that's why you are asking, oh God, you know, if it be thy will, how will we know the will? It's not, you don't learn the will praying. You learn the, you learn the will by reading the will. Now, you may think I'm getting off on a tangent, but I'm going to tell you something. 999% nine-tenths of the people you know don't have any idea what I just said tonight. I mean, this makes me kind of wild. Here we are telling God what to do. Well, we told him what to do when we wanted to get saved. <laughs> you didn't ask him. You received it. And so when we preach this, we preach where you already have it. But this is where you need to learn to walk by faith. We're going to get into this hopefully later tonight. Fight the good fight of faith. Why would you need to fight for something that's yours? That's a good question, isn't it? Let's, let, let's use another analogy. Let's pretend for a moment that you went home tonight and you walked in your door and there's a whole family from Arkansas living in your house. I picked Arkansas because I don't think anybody here is from Arkansas. But let's just say they're there. And you go, what are you doing? And they go, we're eating dinner. What are you doing? And they go, 
you're in my house. They go, this is my house. And you go, the heck it is. And so you call the cops. When they come, they don't. That guy goes, this lady is in my house. And they haul you to jail. What are you going to do? You better find a title deed. And before, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to go to court for your house. But you're not trying to get your house. Someone stole it. If y'all get real quiet on me, listen in Jesus' name, listen. You are never, 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 never trying to get healed. You're already healed. By his stripes, you were healed. So you have to take the title deed and walk in the throne room and go, I got somebody that says this ain't mine. And I'm here to say in the name of Jesus, it most certainly is mine. So he's contending with you over something. And, and if you give in, they're going to stay in your house. And there is nothing the judge or anyone else can do if you don't fight for what's yours. So there's a, there's a fight this side of heaven with devils and demons and all kind of spiritual stuff that goes on in this earth. And so will you come to a church like this and we will teach you fight the good fight of faith. It's not trying to get a healing. It's not trying to get anything. So we have to go back to dominion and we have to go back to the title deed, which is the word. And so that's another night. Why are we called word people? Because we don't go by the way we feel and we don't go by experiences. We go by what does it say? Yeah, but I had an aunt. I'm not, I don't care. I thank God for your aunt. Well, now she had a house. Someone moved in and I'm going to tell you, the Lord gave it to her. No, he did not. Well, how do you know? Well, it, the title deed is in your aunt's name. I know, but let me tell you about an Uncle Joe. I don't know about Uncle Joe, but I'm going to tell you something. If he gave up his house, he didn't need to. Are you all out there? And then they say, well, you're about an arrogant thing. You're running around just, you know, telling everybody what. No, it's my house. <clears throat> Faith is an attitude. All right, let's, let's use another one from history. Rosa Parks. Anybody know who she is? I never met her personally. I'd like to. She's on a bus one day. Somebody came on the bus in the United States of America and said, you sit in the back. And she said, no. Wait a minute. Did she win the Civil War? She wasn't even in the Civil War. Did she need to go to the Civil War? <clears throat> All she needed to do was say, no. Now, they put her in jail. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Listen, 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 listen. She's free. She's free. 
She's, she's sitting where she wants to. She's an American citizen. But not until she pulled the Constitution out and got a lawyer. So that is why the Bible says you have an advocate, a lawyer. It also says the Holy Spirit is your lawyer. Though when you need to go to court, you need a lawyer. And so if you find yourself in fights, stop crying. Oh, made me sit in another seat. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's, it didn't hurt her feelings. I'm not saying, but she needed to fight. She needed to go, you put me in the back of the bus, you want to. So they take her to jail and they go, lady, you ain't never coming out. She goes, I get a phone call. You call my lawyer. And when I get through suing the state, I'm going to sue you. How could she do that? Because she had every right to do it. Okay, are you all out there? Do you even know what's yours? Because if you don't, someone is stealing it. Illegally. Now, there's, you, can be, you can be a sweet Christian all you want to, and you should be sweet to Jesus, sweet, but don't be sweet to the devil. Right. And, and you can't go, everything that happens, good or bad, is, is God, because how can you resist the devil if you think that what the devil's doing is God? I had people walk in this church, and they say this. Now, listen to this statement. I never heard a sermon on the devil in my whole life until I got here. They don't need, that's because the devil was running the church you came out of. Now, that you may think I'm being a smart butt. I'm not. I'm serious as a heart attack to a sinner. That's pretty serious. Not to me, because I'm healed. <laughs> Wake up. You're going to need what I just said. See, the next time something comes along, you're going to die. You go. I've already been crucified with Christ. I've already died and rose from the dead. I'm alive with the life of God. I have the life of God. I am the righteousness of God. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Hey, you can get your filthy hands off my body in the name of Jesus. And you just, well, you know, the devil goes, well, how do you feel? It's none of your business how I feel. Now, we're talking a little while about how to get rooted in the word. But if all you ever hear is what I said on a Wednesday and never think about it, forget it. It don't work. You're wasting your time. Okay, okay. We're doing real good. I'm do I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm real good. Amen. It's kind of hard to do right now. All right, 810, go to Matthew. I want you to see that I'm not just making up stuff. So I want you to see the Matthew 810. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed him, oh, Surely I say to you, I haven't found such great faith in Israel. He's marveling at the man's faith. Did he need faith to do what he needed? Yes. E even in his earth walk, he needed you to use your faith. Well, if Jesus was here, I don't mean a thing. He could walk in the door and walk up here right now, and without faith, you'd fall in the floor and get up with whatever you went down on the floor with. 
and he's standing here in his sandals and his holes in his hand and everything, and you'd get nothing. I'm not making it hard. You got born again. That was easy. The rest of it's easier than you think it is. All right, let, let me look at another one. Let me look at another one. Just, just hold on to your hats. 9-1, nine, 9-1. One, nine, one. He got in the boat, crossed over, came to his own city, and they brought a man on a paralytic, lying on the bed, and Jesus saw their what? Why, why does he keep looking for it? Okay, listen to me. He's still looking for it. I mean, it's been 2,000 years. He's still unable. Go to Mark 6, 5. He's still unable, completely unable, to work in your life apart from your faith in God. Faith in what he said is already yours. You, we've, now listen, write this down if you're taking notes. Fight all battles from victory. You've heard me say that a hundred times. But, I'm, but Mark Dankins has delivered me from the fear of repetition. Fight all battles from victory. Fight all battles. You nor never enter a battle the, the, the victim. Never. Never enter a battle with the victim. I walk on the field, I'm the winner. Do you understand? Because God's not going to do anything, it's already mine. When Rosa Parks went to court, she went in winner. Now, someone challenged her until she got a lawyer and opened up the Constitution and they went, you can't, you can't do what you just did. Not only that, but you're going to give, you're going to pay her for the time she missed. What you're, she has the right to slap sue you. Now, if people would stand up for their rights, the government would quit pushing you around, and your boss, and a lot of other people. It just depends on which fight you want to get in. Because there's some, you know, there's fights I go, I don't even think I want to get in. Let's look at one more, 922. I told you Mark 6. Let's go over there, Mark 6. Look at this. He, that would be Jesus, right? Could do what? No mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. A few people. Now, wait a minute. It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he could not. Now, when you start talking about Jesus, can't. You hair lip every denominational person you've ever met. What do you mean God can't? Well, he can't lie, he can't die, and he can't violate his word. He can't change his mind about who gets saved tonight just because he's God. Frank wants to get born again. I'm God. No, tell him to go to hell. Can God do that? He cannot stop you from receiving your healing even if he wanted to. Oh. I'm preaching good. So your faith is what the devil's after. You walk into church like this and get, you hear the word, don't tell me he hasn't done everything this side of hell to get you out of here. 
because he hates me. Now, he loves everybody else. He hates me. You hang with me long, I'll have you singing, dancing, shouting, and healed and blessed. Not because of anything I'm doing, but Jesus said you'll know the truth, and truth will set you free. And he, man, you get in the parking lot, all your little devils are out there going, you know what, you know, I wouldn't come back again. Easter, you better go because, you know, that's one day of the year. But I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't keep going back in there. You know, I mean, he's, you know, he's just a little bit ugly and getting old and pudgy and everything else. And he, and he has an attitude. And I don't know if I'd keep coming to this church. That man has one bad attitude. He's a bad he's an attitude. Yeah. Some people like it, but, you know, I, oh, oh, I tell you, I was offended. I'm, I'm offended at Disney, but nobody seems to care. Oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Romans 3, go to Romans 3. Let's talk about faith now. I thought we were talking about faith. Okay, we were talking about faith. Romans 3. How are we doing for now? Oh, Lord have mercy. Let's go. Romans 3.21. 3.21. Now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. That means made right with God apart from trying to keep the whole law. Even the righteousness of God through what? Faith. In what? To all and on all who believe, there is no difference. For everyone's sin fell short of the glory of God, therefore being justified or made righteous freely by grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God set as a propitiation for the, by the blood, that's mercy seat by the blood, through, through, through. All right, here, let's, 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 let, me, let, me, let me show you what this means. The moment you go, I believe what Jesus did on the cross was for me, and I put my faith in it, bam, you're righteous. That's how fast your faith will work. But faith, write this in your Bible, write it, is always based on the finished work of Jesus. Always based on the finished work of Jesus. It is not up to you to get anything that Jesus already got. It's up to you to hold fast the confession of your faith. You got born again by confessing Jesus as Lord. Why are you now trying to earn the rest of the blessings of Abraham? I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise the name of Jesus. He said, I can have what I say, and I say I'm blessed. Everything I put my hand to. God needs your mouth. He needs your faith. The woman with the issue of blood said, she said, she said, if I touch his garment, I shall be whole. She said it, she grabbed it, she named it, she claimed it, she blabbed it, she grabbed it, and Kenneth Hagin stole it from her. And it worked. She didn't become a better woman. She was a nutcase maybe. I don't know. And it didn't hinder. And Jesus didn't even know she was there. You can get an answer to prayer and God can be on a vacation. See, that, that, that just so hair lips. Do you all understand what I've just said? It's like, oh, he said a lot of, 
Oh, man, he just acted like it's not up to God at all. It is. He did it. All right, let's, let's come on. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Genesis 1. Go to Genesis 1. Oh, yeah, help, help me, Jesus. I got a lot more to show you in Romans, but I, I don't have time. I just, I don't have time. The whole book of Romans. Go, go to the book of Romans, read it, underline everything that has to be about faith, and it'll make you shout and scream and holler and jump and run and go, oh, Jesus, glory to God. See, every time you get in trouble and you get depressed, depression comes from hopelessness. Hopelessness means you're looking at the problem and there ain't no way out of it. And, <laughs> well, they're hopeless because you're looking at you. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe God. <laughs> That's why you can get happy in any, you can get happy in your pajamas anywhere. You can just get happy. Okay. Genesis one twenty six. Let's look at this. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have what? Who named the animals? Oh, what if God didn't like that name? That's name it, claim it. Why did God let Adam name them? They're Adam's. Can I throw something at you? Just blow your mind. All of the silver and the gold in the earth don't belong to God. It's yours. <sighs> Breathe. When I go fishing, I go fish. Hit it. In Jesus' name. You get on my hook. When I go fish, I go... You get over here. I don't know. I mean, where are you? Where are you in the name of Jesus? I got dominion over you, and you pop up because I'm fixing to have you for dinner. And they have to do what I say. I have dominion. Adam had dominion over everything on the earth, and so he lost it. And so Satan came to Jesus and made this statement, all authority has been given unto me. Who gave it to him? Adam did. If you bow to me, I'll give it to you. And Jesus goes, well, I want it, but I ain't getting it that way. So when Jesus went to the cross, died and rose from the dead, all authority was given back to him. And he says in Mark 6 and in Matthew 8, 28, all authority has been given to me, heaven and earth. All authority, all authority. How much? All. And he's the head of what? The body. All right, now hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm gonna, this, may, this may throw you a little bit. What is my head's name? Daryl. What's my foot's name? I thought that was Joe. If Jesus' head has authority, does the foot have authority? Shandai. That's why you needed to become the body. Sunday morning, I'm going to give you a heads up. We're going to talk about the bride of Jesus. See, he's coming for his bride. All right, we're going to talk about the blood. We're going to talk about the blood, the blood, nothing but the blood. So Easter, we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. All right, but listen, when Lisa married me, she got my name, my credit card. She got it all. Now, whenever you got married to Jesus, you got it all. You can walk in there and go, we ain't having it this way. If you don't believe that, you need to ask Lisa how easy it is to get what she wants. 
Never mind. <laughs> Does that make sense? All right. Jesus' bride ain't poor. All right. Romans 5.14. Romans 5. Let's go to Romans 5. I got enough time to finish this. Uh, now, now listen to me. Are you starting to understand when I say we, what, what do we believe in this church? Well, we believe in faith. And, 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 and people go, what's that? Because they go 52 Sundays a year in 25 years, and they've never heard one sermon on faith. If, if it's impossible to please God, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith, I would think you should hear at least one sermon on it in your life. At least once. All right, let's read this. Romans 5, 17. Oh, no, let's read 14. Go back up to 14. I don't know what I was thinking. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even those who had never sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So I want you to write this in your Bible. I want you to get, 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 get. The, the Bible is about two Adams. Now, I'm going to throw something at you. If you're uh, African-American, you're Spanish, you're Mexican, you're Puerto Rican, let me just help you a little bit. Just one, just give me one moment. There's only two races. I know, I know that upsets you, but your skin means squat nothing to God. It don't define you. You're not Chinese, Cambodian, Jamaican, Puerto Rican, Mexican, and uh, Australian. You're not. Your body might be, but dear God, your body ain't you. Okay, does that upset you? Well, I didn't mean to. I'll give you your money back. Okay. All ascend. All. 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 There ain't no good race. They're all screwed up. All the black people, all the white people, all the Puerto Rican, all the Mexican, they're all, they're all screwed up. That's why Jesus came to fix screwed up mess. So quit bragging about your in-laws or outlaws and where you came from. Nobody gives a rip. If you never see some people again, you know why. All right. So there is righteous and unrighteous. And the people that are unrighteous are so bad, they're going to hell. And the other ones, Jesus made them so good, and he did it. You didn't do it. You didn't deserve anything. You didn't deserve it. You ain't never deserved nothing. You went running around, I deserve, I deserve, you don't deserve, you deserve to go to hell. But he gave it to you. So there's two races. There's Adam's race and there's Jesus' race. There's only two races. You're in one or you're in the other. And quit identifying with everything else because it don't really matter anyway. God don't give a rip. And when you get to heaven, they don't have you sections over there. Okay, let me see. You're from Africa. Okay, I think you go over there. I don't think so. But anyway, just my opinion, and it's not. I got out of the Bible. All right, he's a type of him. The free gift is not like the offense, for one man, say Adam, offense, many died, much more grace, and, and the gift of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, Adam. The judgment which came from one offense, Adam, resulted in damnation, but the free gift which came many offenses resulted in righteousness. For by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. You rule and reign, rule and reign, rule and reign. 
How? Through Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Now, dominion is worthless if you're not exercising it. Do you want the streets safer? Let the police do their job. They're out there for your benefit. And the next time you find one, buy them a cup of coffee and a donut and a cup. Come on back there at Eli. Come on, help me out a little bit. I mean, honor these guys because without them, you don't want to be on the road because there needs to be someone enforcing the law. A Christian is a person who is enforcing what Jesus gave you at Calvary and running around going, devil, you don't do that, and devil, you don't do that, and you're not killing my kids, and you're not running my family, and you can get the H out of my family in Jesus' name. Now get out of here. If you have dominion and you don't use it, it's worthless. Woo! Well, we're a wild bunch. All right. Verse 18. Therefore, through one man's offense, Adam, judgment came to all men, resulting in damnation. Even so, one man, Jesus, righteous act, free gift came to all men, resulting in righteousness. By one man disobedience, many were made sinners. But one man's obedience, everybody was made right with God. Well, there's two races. So Adam, Jesus now has Adam's dominion back. Okay. Let me just read. Let me just. Luke 10. I'm running out of time. Now, Jesus is talking here pre cross. But you understand that while he walked the earth, he was the only one with authority and he could delegate it. But the reason that he went to the cross was so that he could give it to you and you now have it. Before that, you had to be with him. You want to get healed, you better find Jesus. Or the disciples, because he gave them his authority. All right, but he needed to give it to all of us. And so thus the cross. So even though we're reading a pre-cross scripture, this is still for you. Are you ready? Verse uh, Luke 10, 18. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. But it did. It wouldn't have if you'd have stood your ground in faith. Now listen to me. If, it does, if the devil doesn't jump and scream just because you said it once, you're not read, you're not using this to see if he minds. You by God mind me. If he doesn't move, having done all to thank you, stand. Why? He's contesting you. He has no right. He has no authority. He wants to know if you know it and therefore he is going to test you to see if he can get you to go carnal on him. And he'll take your house. He'll take your health. He'll take everything you own if you don't have the backbone to stand. 
So, I'm running out of time here, but just, 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 ooh, help me, Jesus. Why are all of the prayer scriptures battle-oriented? Thank you. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. What for? You're not trying to get it. Uh, let, me, let me say it to you. God gave the children of Israel the promised land, and then he used a word. Take it. Oh, I kind of thought if I just walked over there, they'd just lay down and give it to me. No, they're not going to just. But, but if you, come on. I need you all to help me with that. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it. Mark eleven twenty three. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. The Greek word is take. Take. Believe you. That's mine. All right, let me prove it to you. Simple. When you found out about the new birth, did you take it? Yes. How long did it take God to do it? What was he waiting on? Me. You. Now, what is it t why is it so hard for healing and other things? Because you're dealing with your body, you're dealing with natural things. Your spirit man, you just, okay. But now with your flesh, you feel. And that's been more real to you than the Bible, and that's why you keep vacillating back to, I believe I receive. Okay, I believe I receive again. <laughs> Are you asking? Well, you know what the doctor said. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get done here. First mm, Timothy six twelve. Let's look at that, and we'll look at one more. First Timothy. I, I, how many scriptures we go through tonight? Like a hundred. Fight. What fight? What kind of fight? <clears throat> a good fight. That means smile while you're in the fight. Don't come to me and go. I'm in a fight. But you are lost. Why do you think we have Holy Ghost meetings in here? It's to help you get your face lined up with what you say you're believing. Are you in faith? You just know, shout a little bit, dance a little bit, and count it all joy. Are y'all listening? It's to teach you not to let your flesh. I'm going to have a bad day. No, you ain't having a bad day. In Jesus' name, you shut up and you're going to rejoice. Go to bed and have another piece of chocolate cake. No, you ain't having no more chocolate cake and you ain't going to bed. I'm doing good, aren't I? You're only getting this, aren't you? All right, look at this. No, you got to learn these. Fight the good of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, which you were called, and have confessed in the confession of many. Fight the good fight of faith. What's another scripture? Acts 10.38. Let's go over there. Acts 10.38. Woo! Say, I'm a faith man. Now, how do you get this to work for you? You find the scriptures of what is yours, and you boldly confess it to be so. That's not hard to do. You say, well, what if it don't work? Well, then God lied. 
Don't go down that road in your mind. Quit running, quit running down a negative road in your mind. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, a man. He left his deity behind. With the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good and healing everybody that was oppressed by God. By who? The devil. So, when's the last time you heard someone say, now Satan, you get off my body. I got authority over all the work of the enemy. You don't have the right to keep me down. You, sh- you get off me. You get off me. You stop it and get off me in the name of Jesus. That is faith. And read the Bible to the devil. You say, well, you want to hang around my house? I'll read the Bible to you, you punk. I'll just read it to you. Now, how do you, why do you think I learned all these scriptures? I learned them reading them to the devil. <laughs> so I'm just saying this to brag on God. I've only been legally dead three times. I just didn't think I wanted to cooperate. I went, you know, I'm laying in the hospital, and he says, you are full of gangrene. You are full of gangrene. I went, did you get it out? He went, yep. Went down to Home Depot, got a wet vac, sucked it all out. I'm sure they had a better one than that. Probably had a $100,000 wet vac, but it's a wet vac nonetheless. And they just got in there and they everything that wasn't God, and they just sucked it out. And I said, okay, you get it? And he says, we got it. And I said, you sew me up? And he goes, yeah, we sewed you up. Well, you are a sick. And I said, no, I'm not sick. I said, um, you got the problem. I said, he said, yep. I said, okay. I said, can I go home? He goes, no, you can't go home. You're a sick man. I said, well, what am I doing here? He says, recovering. I said, I'm recovering home. And he got up and left my hospital room. Didn't want to talk to me. You know how doctors are. They're very intelligent. I mean, I appreciate him. He sucked all the gangrene out of me and pulled a, my ruptured appendix out and about a, a pound or two or three or four of matter. When your pagnix ruptures, everything in it kind of dumps into your body and you're kind of like full of mess. And so they got all that too in the wet vac. They got it all. And so he came back in the next night and I said, um, can I go home now? He, Mr. Morgan, you're, you're not going home a long time. I said, well, this hospital is very expensive just to lay here. And he goes, well, you just can't go home. I said, I want to go home. He goes, all right. And my belly started swelling on the airplane so much that I looked like I was nine months pregnant. People say, I'd say, well, I'm, it's kind of the female side of me. I'm going to Disney. <laughs> and I didn't say that, but I would now. I would say it now. And so, you know, they had a little incision in my belly button. And so when I got home, I just went in my bedroom, praised the Lord, gave him glory, worshiped the Lord, praised the name of Jesus. I'm... I'm the healed. Oh, thank you. If anything, I've asked anything in your name. The name is above every name, and I'm the healed. And I got a sermon for Wednesday. Why? Because I'm going to go to church. And I walked in Wednesday, and everyone said, what are you doing here? And I went, I work here. And they go, I thought you were sick. And I said, were? I'm bragging on God. I'm just telling you, if I'm not going to put up a fight... I'm going to, I'm the healed. I'm not laying in my bed at home crying about a condition. 
Now, there have been times when I, I, I was coughing so hard um, that I didn't want to come, and you go, you gave me COVID, and my grandmother died, and, you know, and that's not good. So those are times you'll hear me say, I'm not coming in. So for, your, for everybody's sake, and I won't do it, you know, I don't know where you are in your walk with God, and so I just stay home and, you know, and watch Lisa preach on the Internet and go, go, girl, you go, you know, and, or Justin or somebody. But listen, um, you have to fight. And you're going to have to get scriptures out that belong to you. And, and you, you, you have to do this. You, when we reach Jesus, he, he, he's talking to people according to, your, according to your faith. So don't get under condemnation tonight. Whatever you believe in God for, get your faith in that. Well, let's talk about money for just a minute. i got a couple minutes. I really don't. I'm out of time. Mark Hankins got in his Bible and studied everything in it about prosperity. Everything. And he wrote that book out there because he studied it. And he said, I want to know what God said about finances. The faith to believe God for a jet came from the hours he spent reading his Bible on what it said. Not one scripture and pray. And he's in his preaching is coming out of the fact that he's rooted in this. But that's why when his wife had an inoperable brain tumor, he walked in there and told it to die. And then he, she went in laughing and came out without a brain tumor, and she lived. And that's why his grandson, who had leukemia, and they had to go to the hospital, and they went through the... The, the, what they need to go to but they, but they would go to his house uh, and, and walk in the living room and sing with him and dance and, and quote the word of God over him it, it, it's not going to happen because you just prayed and left the house the, he had to get in there and fight for that boy they rented a house next door when they were in town they'd go to their grandsons and go to the living room and sit in there and worship God and, and quote the word of God over him they're not just going to let the devil have him you understand there's more to this than just quote a scripture and then go your merry way Rosa Parks I'm pretty sure she had quite a fight if you live on this earth there's times you're going to get in a real fight but you'll win it if you'll stand God is on my side. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you as an advocate to plead your case before God in the Spirit. And you're going to have to do some time praying in the Holy Ghost when you're in a fight. Amen. But now you, I know you want to walk up and get someone else to use their faith and get you healed, you lazy thing. And it'll work when you're a baby work all your life. I'm not saying that to be Debbie Downer or Daryl Downer. There just comes a day when God goes, you, you, you've been around a while. I want you to get your Bible out. I want you to do what I told you to do. Is that fair? That's why sometimes you see people get up here in the line, they get healed, and, and then other people, they, it's not God's upset. He's like, um, You've been born again for how many 20-something years and reading the Word for how many years? And 
nah, I want to hear you. Brother Hagen told a story about Junior, his son, uh, getting an earache. And uh, Brother Hagen's always been able to pray for his son. And one day he prayed for him and God said, no, he's going to have to use his own faith. He can preach your sermon as good as you can. So he went to him and he said, um, I call him Junior, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Jr. And he said, uh, you're going to pray and I'm going to agree with you. But you're going to use your faith. And Pastor Hagen had to use his own faith. You, you, people can't carry you. Forever they can't carry you. So you leave the church and go, well, I used to go there and get miracles. I don't get nothing anymore. Well, that's not the pastor's fault. I'm doing my best. Say, I can do this. Why would he give you faith and it not work? Why would he tell you how to do it and then it didn't laugh at you? God won't do it. But now your faith grows because of the trial you're in. You whoop a devil or two, you'll have a lot more faith than you have right now. And, and you just wish that you weren't in this fight, but, you, but you're like, well, by God, I'm in it. I might as well do what God said. Or we'll just have a good funeral for you. He was a good old soul. He's with Jesus. The Lord needed an angel and took him. And his wife's going, well, you shouldn't have taken him. No, I'm teasing. I'm messing with y'all now. <laughs> All right, I went over. Say, this helps. This is why we preach this. And we need to preach it more. Preach it often. There's books out there on faith. Read them. When you get finished, read them again. Keep your faith alive. Keep your faith alive. Stay in faith. Walk by faith. Live by faith. Brush your teeth by you'll step over into glory and say that was a good life Father God thank you for this evening thank you for the opportunity to come in here and preach your word to probably one of the best groups of people in this whole city they love you they love the word and I thank you that starting tonight many of them are doers of the word not just listening and hearing a sermon but they're, they're going to walk out of here tonight and pick up a Bible and go I'm going to walk by faith I'm going to walk in victory I'm I'm not going to live in defeat anymore. I'm going to do a Rosa Parks. I'm, I'm not riding in the back of the bus. I don't care what the devil told me. You're not stealing from me anymore, Satan. You're not stealing from me anymore. But Father, I thank you for the word. It does not return void. That is clear to us. We hear it. We understood it. We can walk in the light of it. And we give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.